saw something a few weeks ago that I didn't tell you about. Mm. And um, yeah, it's technology and th- that I tried out and uh, didn't then then returned. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it, this this is, is something that I did um, sort of prompted by when I was reading through the uh, After Steve book mm-hmm. and and was like reliving the 2013 2014 like Apple Watch introduction um you know era of my life and um i was thinking back to that and i was thinking you know i was really excited for the apple watch because i had a pebble watch and i knew all the shortcomings of that and what i would want out of a smarter smartwatch and um and i was thinking for this this ar vr stuff i'm i'm not i really don't feel like it's relatable to me i'm not so sure what it could do for me even just vr in general you know before you get to the cool ar stuff and so um, I, I don't think you should worry be about being the outlier on that basis, by the way, because a okay. lot of people are like, what the hell are we going to do? This? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so uh, with the idea that, hmm, um, I, you know, I, I, I felt like I was more aware of what a smartwatch, you know, what I wanted it to do for me. Um, I, I tried the uh, Oculus Quest 2, the, I guess it's like $300 mm-hmm. for the for the base model. And that was my first actual experience with with virtual reality, and I had a lot of questions going in, like, "What is it for?" <laughs> and also, "What can it do?" And I really didn't know, like, "Is this?" Uh, well, I really didn't know. Yeah. And and so, and I used it for about a week before I returned it, and kind of kind of the the curiosity wore off of like, okay, now I know what it does, and I'm not so sure that it's something that I care about. Um, I, I kind of summed it up. I, I kind of summed it up too. You can do some. It's like it's like watching videos and gaming, and there's other things like you can like web browse, of course. But like, I guess what's better on it than something else is if if you've got like an immersive video game or an immersive video experience. But for example, there's there's a Netflix app for it, and the Netflix app gives you like a virtual tv in a cabin and you you look around and you see like the the fake cabin around you like you're at some ski resort and so it really it wasn't that that part wasn't immersive so you know <laughs> i guess i guess i mean if you're watching like vr video then it would be a different experience but if but you're yeah there's watching, no point simulating a room with a tv in it when you could just be in a room with a tv in it but right and then one of the challenges, and maybe, you know, I'm sure that there's some like learning curve stuff to this as well, but I wanted to lay in bed with my head flat and watch the Netflix uh, fake TV mm-hmm. in the app. And I had to set up straight up like to, I tried like realigning what it thought was straight so I could lay in bed and like look at the ceiling with the, the VR goggles on and watch the virtual TV. Um, but it, when I did that, it, it it just knew that that was the ceiling. And so I had to sit up and like look straight, which, you know even a phone doesn't have that limitation so um that w- that was kind of weird and then um for for gaming like that's just not something that I'm is really in in my space and then i was thinking about my kids and so um i don't know i was i was kind of looking online like do, do kids do vr gaming is that a thing that kids are interested in or uh, and then there was sort of a uh warning of like if they're under a certain age and it's probably not not good so <laughs> You know, so so it really just didn't have a place for me. But you know, some of the things I, I I tried to watch uh, T- TV Plus on it, like through the browser, and didn't didn't get through the sign in portion. Although I think it's possible, 
Yeah, I mean, um, but, I mean, you, you could barely get through the the, the, the sign in on, on the website on a yeah. natural computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did get Apple Music going through the browser, you know, just because I was wondering, like, you know, well, maybe if you have Apple services, you know, then then maybe it's a little different experience. But, um, yeah, and but so so it wasn't for me. But then a few days later, I was visiting my my stepsister and her husband, and he had a gift card for Amazon for like two hundred dollars, and he was. That he, that he received for, as a gift, and he was looking for like something to, to to buy that he wouldn't buy ordinarily. And they brought up the Oculus Quest too as something that they they could use. And I'm like, and they actually like they're they're kind of both gamers. So, um, well, you know, maybe it's not not for me, but you know, it's, I'm not market for it. And but now I've got a better understanding of what what it you know can, it, what people are at least using it for. You know, watching video and 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 playing games. So, um, hmm. But but really really felt like you weren't um, in line like when you were using a pebble in the in the 2013 time frame for instance yeah and I'm older now but 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 the I think the idea of having to charge the thing because I never got to the point where I needed to recharge it but I th- I think maybe that would have been a burden plus the two controllers in the hand and, um I, I mean I was it was a new experience to me though because I got to see well what is it like to to wear glasses and, and need to use one of the, or, you know, need to wear glasses and wear a VR headset, and that wasn't really an issue. Um, I, I had the experience where you see through it, and you see your—I guess it uses the cameras to show you what you see in real life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, you know, I couldn't have told you that it did that. Of course, it needs the right amount of lighting to be able to do that. So I, when I turned off the lights in the room to just, you know, not have the lights on because I wasn't using the room, and then that feature wasn't available because you know didn't have enough lighting, but. So, so not so, not so sure. Uh, did you get to try the, like the transparency camera at all? Like, yes. Did it yeah. Any I, good I, or I, rubbish? I did get to try that. It, well, it was one of those things where it was like, I, well, I did, I literally didn't know it could do that. And so it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, okay. And it also, it knew in space, like when I wasn't even in that mode where the two controllers were for the most part. And that was kind of neat. I didn't have any issue with motion sickness at all. So that's, that's, you know, if that's a, that's an a issue good sign. for you. Yeah. Yeah. If that's an issue for you, then it's just game over. But um, I didn't have an issue with that. And, you know, it charges with USB C, ha- has an iPhone app. Like it's, n- it's, it's Facebook slash meta. So that part, you know, you've got to have a Facebook account to use it. But, um, you know, that part didn't, didn't bother me. But it, it, it was just that the, the novelty was definitely going to quickly wear off before. There's just nothing could, to do with it. <laughs> that, that, that is, that is it for me is that this, nothing to do with it and and i don't know like like like, they, like they're a, cool little fun things but i don't think any anyone gets true longevity out of them at the moment well i'm i, I think like, certainly if apple puts its weight behind it it will help mm-hmm. in terms of you know like like there's ecosystem issues and then there's yeah. like the fa- the form factor issues and Apple's weight will definitely help on one side of the equation, but the yeah, like the the thing is the the Apple first iteration headset is going to be super expensive and quite niche in that regard. Uh, so that's that's like the other factor here is maybe well, developers won't flock to a platform that's going to only you know sell in very low volumes. Apple's weight doesn't always equal great experience either, because look at the TVOS mm-hmm. App Store, WatchOS App Store to watch- some extent. Watch OS App Store, iMessage App Store, store. <laughs> yeah, Mac so, App Store. 
it's amazing. <laughs> iPad apps. Uh, no, iPad app store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything that isn't the iPhone. So, well, so. what is what is interesting because the reason I asked you about the camera thing is like that mechanism is basically what the augmented reality experience on the Apple headset is going to be, or all of these upcoming, you know, second generation higher end headsets. They just have really high resolution cameras, high resolution screens, and they'll transparently play the video of the outside world into your eyes through the screens that you're looking at and then superimpose objects and elements into that like that's the that's going to be the next wave of these headsets um before we get to like a a longer term future where you you know the 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 screens are like fully transparent and they just manage to like project the elements in in your vision that way yeah, I, I guess the takeaway would be that, you know, what are the opportunities? What are the room? How, how can they improve this thing from what they have? And, and not to say that only Apple can do that. I'm, you know, there's going to be companies. It seems like Facebook's betting the farm on that. Um, but any, I, I guess to make the materials comfortable, you know, it's, it's not bad right now, but, um, that's always going to the lighter the better. Like it's not weightless. So that's something. Um, and then there's just the gigantic, gigantic opportunity to have a better user interface. So use, like, the, the UI is everything because it literally takes over your whole environment. So, um, that's, that's a big one. And it's, it's not super easy to use. So learning curve there, like better onboarding and everything. But, um, yeah. It's, and if it existed, uh, watching like 360 VR video would probably be pretty fun, pretty cool. Kind of like a, the difference between watching, you know, going to the cinema versus going to like a 3D cinema or an IMAX experience. Like there is definitely, whether you can argue whether it's worth it and, but there is a different level of immersion that you do get when you, when you do that kind of stuff. So like, it's not completely useless, but it's still, it's still searching for, for problems to solve, I think is a fair way to put it. Whether, whether you're looking at the cheaper ones or the more expensive ones, mm-hmm. they're, they're just yeah. niches and, it's going to be a very slow, iterative process. The like, I don't have any illusions that the first version of the Apple headset is going to be crazily compelling to a, a mass market. Even if it was lower priced, it still would have the utility issues. They're all the, all of these companies betting big. You, you mentioned, you know, Facebook Meta. They're spending like ten billion a year. Apple's spending billions. Google's spending billions. Amazon's spending billions. Like, they're all working for a. A, a further off future i think where you can have like you know thin and light glasses that can project and augment your world and actually be generally useful to the degree that like a a smartwatch or a phone is the the first version of these bigger headsets that you basically are gonna, uh, only ever going to use at home for you know a few hours at a time i don't have much faith in their like long-term appeal personally maybe maybe apple surprises with something crazy that we can't think of but if you're going outside of like the it's hard to think of stuff that a normal person would want to do with them that isn't you know immersive video and then some fun gaming experiences but people aren't going to buy and use something just for that like it's just not going to happen you need to get to something that's more multifunctional like a smartwatch or a phone is and to do that i think the form factor is a big a big a big part of that mm. yeah so I, that's i was kind of i was kind of i was i felt bad returning it but i was also relieved <laughs> so because because they're not i mean 30 dollars isn't a whole you know it's, it's not nothing so yeah was wasn't wasn't worth it for that. Uh, in news this week, we have the head of machine learning leaving Apple because of uh, the work from home po- uh, policies that Apple's you know trying out. Which I guess the, the trying part is to have anything that isn't just come to work every single day. 
yeah, and they've started with like one day a week, and I believe it's the beginning of May they went to two days a week, and then by the end of May it's going to their three days a week policy where you get the Wednesday and the Friday off, right? But we've seen a lot of departures, mostly lower level and more quietly. But Ian Goodfellow, like you can't deny, he is a big, a big character and a and a big contribution to the machine learning field. If you know about like the neural network in space, Goodfellow basically created the original GAN networks, which are like what well, loads of machine learning stuff is based on these days. And so you know he's great talent and. He said in a, in, a, in a memo to staff on his, of his departure, he believed strongly that more flexibility would have been the best policy for his team and work from home. The, the inability to work from home is why he is leaving. And so these, this, is the, this is the price Apple pays, right? Like if they, if they have to believe very, very strongly in the value of bringing everybody into the office three days a week to give up the trade-offs of losing talent like this. Uh, I mean, they must have known this going in, right? Like, we spoke about this before. People are going to make a choice and leave, and here's a really high-profile person that's doing it. And, you know, if, if if someone like this VP can't get an exception or special case treatment or, you know, some flexibility, then people, you know, employees and engineers on the ground have got no, have got no chance of doing it. So it's a, it's, it's a disappointment. I... 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 I don't know if enough people have left yet that I'd say like Apple's, you know, hybrid plan is doomed to fail and the, they're going to have to change their policy because like Apple could be incredibly onerous and still get a lot of employee interest because they are at the end of the day one of the biggest companies in the world. They can pay a lot of money, they have a lot of stature, but it's a constant battle for for talent and stuff. And this is a uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I wonder if the better policy maybe would have been to have just sort of a um, observation period where, say, for for six to nine months, you just that we're we say just we're learning. We we have we have we're, we're developing a policy. Because well, they have kind of done that because this this policy is meant to be temporary. <laughs> sure, but, but I, I just mean like have like say, uh, rather than saying you, you must come three days a week, and then if you want to work from home, you have the option on these two specific weekdays, Wednesday and Friday. Then uh, maybe maybe they could have had a better maybe a better offering would have been. Um, say nine months. We're gonna watch and say, do what you prefer. Do what you, you want. Know? Yeah. Do yeah. What you, yeah. Do what you've gone yeah. to, and then we'll yeah. do it that way. And make it clear that it's not forever, and that you need to have some, and that you acknowledge we need to have some policy because if there's no policy, then you might feel like, well, you can work from home, but you really shouldn't. You know, but 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 to just see how do people behave, which teams do what, how does it affect the work, and then go from there versus. You know, it, campus is closed because it has to be, and then the gradual coming back, but no flexibility and well, very little flexibility in terms of how how does the return what does it look like? So, because I because because it makes me think, you know, so I'm sure that some of the pushback is just because of the lack of flexibility mm-hmm. that it's just frustration with the lack of even like trying to have a more flexible system, um, especially in a job market where. You know, if you're leaving Apple, I don't think it's hard to find another job in in the same field. Um, so that you know, maybe maybe Tim Cook overshot his hand there, and, and he they thinks he's got more power than he has, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean this 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 hybrid policy, this three day week thing. This is that when they announced this last year, they said they were going to try the three day week thing for like 2022, 
and then yeah, they, that's uh, as generous as they'll ever be. Yeah, and then so maybe in twenty twenty three they're like, you need to be back in the office five days a week. Do you know what I mean? Like this. So the three days a week thing is the current compromise, and obviously people are right. happy with that. So from from the outside, all I'd say is it seems kind of it seems lopsided that you could in the in the post COVID world three days a week is standardized across all divisions: hardware, software, engineering, finance, you know, PR, Apple Care, yeah, like. And- and based on like I, I can imagine that at some periods of projects in person is necessary, and you'd know when that is. And at, at longer periods of projects, remote is optimal. That you're gonna have you're gonna be more productive that way. But yeah, for sure. And it just seems sensible that at some point, each team or division needs to ha- be able to like tweak the policy more and work work what, what's best for them. Obviously, with stuff like hardware, you're gonna have to be in the office more days than 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 not but a lot of software engineering can be done at home and you know apple's proven it for two years and so they've got a really they've got to really have courage in their convictions if they're gonna bring everybody back in and i think, think johnny that, johnny i've remoting for so long is what ruined it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like they've got to really have some crazy reason for being this insistent about it because otherwise it's just not gonna hold water and people will slowly slowly move away and being good fellows are like a poster child for that and machine learning is a field where you know, for years, it's that Google's doing a much better job than Apple at this, and it's not an Apple expertise. And so they hire someone put it from Google to sort of fix that. And then they, you know, they serve it to themselves here. Yeah, it's it, it's not something that's going to be like conclusively revealed in, with any particular incident. But, you know, come back in a year and maybe you can make a better call and like maybe Apple overstepped the mark here a bit too much. Happy Hour This Week is brought to you by ZocDoc. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you do. But ZocDoc is the place to go for all the tools you need to find that perfect doctor. The creators of ZocDoc found all the things that weren't working in the healthcare process and said, let's fix it. ZocDoc makes booking a great doctor surprisingly pain-free. It's a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Just go to ZocDoc.com dot com slash happy hour to get the app and sign up for free you can instantly read up on doctors in your area see what real humans had to say about their visit with verified patient reviews go to zocdoc.com choose a time slot and select whether you want to see the doctor in person or via a video visit and that's it you're instantly booked in you don't need to wait on hold with the receptionist ever again and you can be sure that they take your insurance zocdoc spans the gamut of doctor services with thousands of providers listed in just one app whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, a dermatologist, a psychiatrist, an eye doctor, or some other kind of specialist, ZocDoc has got you covered. Find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. The ZocDoc app has a super clean and simple design, so booking in for an appointment is just as easy as adding an event to your calendar. Every month, millions of people are using ZocDoc. In a chaotic world of healthcare, ZocDoc is your trusted guide to finding a quality doctor. So go to ZocDoc dot com slash happy hour and download the zocdoc app for free then start your search for a top rated doctor today and many are available within 24 hours once again that's zocdoc.com slash happy hour that's spelled z-o-c-d-o-c dot com slash happy hour thanks to zocdoc for sponsoring the show all right next up we have had some some news around services uh so what's what's the news here what's changed this week and structure and, and everything 
yeah so there's a few like there's a, a couple of rumors about like software changes or upcoming um offerings and stuff in development which we'll get to in a second but first there's some personnel news so according to a business insider report uh, based on sources familiar with matter apple is restructuring the services division or at least the executive team uh, to try and optimize their efficiency and ultimately make the character group the category even more profitable for them eddie q is the svp of services uh but i think he's probably on the line of succession out the door he's over time sure yeah he's over time he's been uh relinquishing responsibility as far as i can tell and more and more stuff has been landing on the shoulders of peter stern uh a vp that used to work at comcast and he joined apple around 2016 and peter stern was like the executive that demoed apple tv channels for the first time at the march 2019 event and he comes up and he's he's led the apple one effort it's he's widely credited to be the person who kind of pushed that services bundle through the company um and today he's been in charge of all of apple's services like so he like eddie q is the svp peter cern's the vp uh, and so it would you know waterfall down from there apparently according to the business insider article uh, stern is now going to be fully dedicated to content services and customer facing things basically everything you can get as part of an apple one subscription right like all of the constitute constitute services inside of that and then the advertising side of services is going to be shuttled off to uh, uh, an executive called Todd Teresi. Todd Teresi has actually been at Apple since the iAd stuff way back in the day. Wow. Yeah. So he is now taking over full-time responsibility of Apple's advertising business. So Peter Stern can concentrate on the content services. And like, you know, services is a huge business for Apple, billions and billions and billions of dollars. So you probably need to do some splitting up as they continue to grow and get huger and huger. And also, maybe it shows some renewed interest in advertising for yeah. Apple. Like they've, you know, iAd was a massive Yay. failure. <laughs> uh, the stuff they did in iTunes Radio was a big failure too. I think with advertising, uh, but maybe more recently they've had a bit more success. App Store search ads are doing really well for all intents and purposes. They're forecast to take in about five billion dollars per year now. Apple is also doing advertising of its own inside of the news app. So not all of the ad slots you see in the news app, but some of them are filled by Apple rather than the publishers ad companies. And also, apparently, according to this Business Insider article, some of the ads that we bemoaned as part of the MLB broadcast, right? Apparently, they were sold by Apple directly. They weren't sold by MLB. So maybe that's a sign that Apple's also ramping up in, in that area. Um. And possibly, this, uh, I would say, if you're going to expand in live sports too, then that's 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 yeah, live sports. Like MLB is not going to be the only sport they offer, right? There's going to be more, and that's probably a lot of marketing eyeballs that they can sell people to. And I know that App Store search ads have also been trialed inside third-party applications a bit. I don't know if the status of that project, but that was trialed a couple of years ago. Maybe they're going to, you know, productize that, and that would essentially be another version of iAds rebranded. And then the big outlier here that made me think about this when I saw this story, every other streaming service now is either offering an ad-supported tier, this is video, either offering an ad-supported tier or they're about to, like Netflix and Disney are going to do it probably by the end of this year. Apple TV Plus is the only one that doesn't do it. And maybe as Apple TV Plus's price inevitably goes up in the future, they could offer like a $4.99 tier with ads. 
and then you'd have the 999 tier that would be ad free or something like something to that nature. Is that why TV Plus costs on its own? It's ten dollars a month. No, right now it's four ninety nine. But oh, okay. I, okay. In the, it's not going to be four ninety nine forever, right? Like, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah okay. So maybe it goes up to seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine at some point, and then they would maybe like keep a cheaper tier around with with ad supported option because Peacock, Paramount Plus, like all uh, all these other Hulu and all these other companies and services are offering ad supported plans, and they seem to be doing quite well and quite successful with them. People are used, people are familiar with video ads. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people were like, whatever. If if it's cheaper, we'll take it, and we'll just we'll just ignore the ignore the advertising. I hate the ad stuff there, but they're not going to not offer the premium prices either, right? This is like a lower tier option. Apple has been very averse to ads, mainly because they got burned so badly with the iAd debacle. But it doesn't feel so left field that they can bring it back in some way, and we'll have to hope that they do it nicely. <laughs> you know, sure. And then also in the. Apple TV Plus department, the head of film marketing uh, has resigned, seemingly not because of anything in particular. It doesn't seem like a work-from-home staff, but maybe he's just found other opportunities in, inside of Hollywood. Uh, but he, I hadn't heard of his name before, but he's, he was J.P. Richards. I, I have no clue if this was a resignation that he was like forced out or he, it was just one of his own decisions, right? Um, but what I would say in general is Apple's film business needs a bit more momentum to it. Like I feel like their te- their television pipeline's in a good shape. The film stuff is less less clear, and so maybe there's going to be a bigger turnover here with a you know a, a renewed focus with a with a big name or something to head like the the film team up in the future. Yeah, uh, the job of marketing Apple TV films right now the catalog isn't huge, so you don't have a lot to work with. Although maybe that makes it easier. I don't know. But yeah, and also just to separate it from the work from home stuff, like you mentioned, this this would be in the LA area, Culver City versus Cupertino. So yeah, just a different environment. But yeah. Although yeah. I do think Apple's work from home policy does apply to the LA stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think they get, well. I don't think they're completely exempt from it. Uh, at least there's right. engineering teams that work in LA that will be subject to it. So I don't know what about like I don't know whether Zach and Jamie are forced <laughs> to be in the office two days a week or not. But I think they spend a lot of their time flying around the world, like you know, courting. Yeah, people. Yeah, their offices all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that has come up in like murmurs is the this the, the person leaving in this story is the film marketing, but Apple TV Plus head of film is a person called Matt Dentler and he's a long like he's like an Apple veteran but he's not necessarily a Hollywood veteran because he's like backgrounds in like the iTunes store and before that he worked at like South by Southwest and Blockbuster and stuff but he's been at Apple for like 20 years and so he kind of nestled into the the film role when Apple TV Plus was being set up because Zach and Jamie are more from the TV side because they came from Sony Television right so they they're not seen as traditionally like film executives so Matt Dentler is currently in charge but there's been some murmurs that if Apple wants to move even further into original film production, they might want to get like a, a Hollywood name to head that up and give themselves more validation to artists and creators. So maybe the film marketing strategy leaving is part of that a big turmoil or shift there. Uh, but equally at the same time, under Matt Dentler, Apple's got you know a best picture Oscar out of Coda so like maybe you know if you if you if you do a good job your your position's kind of cemented so it's hard to criticize on on that angle but volume wise they definitely need to step up a little bit like I think they should be going to like one film one film a month or one film every other month and at the moment it's like 
one film a quarter, which doesn't quite feel uh, propelling enough. And and the what is it, Emancipation? Will Smith movie? The Will Smith yeah. movie, Emancipation, yeah. Got, got pushed to next year for unknown reasons that no one can imagine. Mm, yeah. I can't think of anything in particular that might have made that happen, but... That, I mean, it's because just, they have it's because they have so many movies they just didn't have room for it. <laughs> yeah, that was meant to be. I think Apple's like Oscar push, being Oscar push for this fall uh, It's unclear whether the Martin Scorsese film will be ready for this season or it's going to be pushed next season. So the Emancipation film is like basically done. So I think that was going to be their big play in the fall, uh, but that <laughs> obviously can't happen anymore post post slap incident because like you know it's just tarred with a bad brush and. Apparently the film's really good, but you know we'll have to wait another year to see it. And maybe next year the voting uh, committees will be more welcoming to uh, a film headed by Will Smith. But sure, maybe it'll just never be successful, <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe maybe Apple's crashing in the movie space. But uh, and then lastly, we've got uh, rumors of some some stuff in iOS 16 and in the services world. So what's that? Yeah, so this comes from Mark Gurman. Uh, somewhat unsurprisingly, he says Apple Fitness Plus is set to expand with a bunch of new workout types, um, some more courses, more plans. There was a a video chat that uh, I Justine did with oh, what's his name, Zach uh, Jay Blanick. Blanick, yes, yeah. So uh, I Justine got to visit the Apple Fitness Plus studio, and there was a video uh, she did with Jay Blanick uh, last week or so, and they were kind of talking in this area, and he was kind of talking about like you know they're not stopping, they're continuing to innovate, especially as people start to now get back out into the world as you leave the you know the, the height of the COVID stuff. So I reckon probably coming this year is going to be some expansion of Fitness Plus into like outside workouts. Not like they've obviously done the time to walk and time to run, but there's no like video component to that. I could see them doing like filmed videos of someone running around and you can like follow them at home or you can like go out and about and there's more of like a an active workout going on because like both time to walk and time to run are more clo- like they're more akin to like a podcast or someone like talking through their life while you do the activity versus like a motivational coach being like now pick up the pace slow it down let's go over here so uh, Mark doesn't speculate in this article, but I kind of expect that's where they're going to go, and maybe they're going to add uh, other things you can do at home as well, maybe multiple people, that kind of thing, maybe more social sharing features. And then the weird one is that Mark says Apple has also explored an Instacart-like service that integrates with your nutrition data in the health app. So Apple would like produce meal plans, and you could like order them, and they would deliver them to your home would be the implication. Is there no service that Apple can't touch? <laughs> that, that, that's what, that's, that was my first thought was think of any service and uh, can, can the, you know, the company that used to be called Apple computers, yeah, <laughs> can they do that too? They're looking at everything. I think. Yeah. From a, hmm. from a business practicality standpoint, mail delivery, I don't think is very like high margin. So I don't know if it's the most attractive thing for them to, get into that feels something more where they would be more inclined to partner with someone and just take like a five percent commission like so they could like p- partner with instacart and the, like the, the health app would produce meal plans and instacart would actually handle delivering it to you and apple would get like a back a back end commission or something it yeah. doesn't I at least like, it, I like weird stuff, right though. now it doesn't like sound the- like something they'd be like jumping at the bit to get a slice of in terms of you know profitability slice nice <laughs> i like the weird stuff though let's keep let's keep let's keep weird apple rumors going i like this I definitely don't think they're done in with service in general. Like maybe an Instacart thing is not in the future, but 
there's going to be other stuff for sure. Like, oh, definitely. Because yeah. if you think of like like Apple's big push into services, you know, music streaming, cool, video, cool. Um, there's there's so many things they haven't done. You know, they they haven't competed with Audible. They haven't they, just there's so many that they haven't touched. Um, yeah. Before we move on to you had a blog post on on um your personal blog, Maya blog that I liked. That's about services and sort of how Apple hasn't delivered the quality of and software that they do in hardware and mm-hmm. that maybe it's misaligned incentives etc yeah like I, i'm this kind of came out of and it's not related to the johnny i stuff at all but it was more just thinking like you know apple's hardware whether the end product is like a surefire here or a big sales like like anytime they come up with a hardware product it feels like the industrial design team the hardware team you can just feel like someone's deeply cared about making it and constructed well and designed to the nth degree and like every material and every curve and every design choice has been like debated and thought through. And like the HomePod, the original HomePod is like a great example. It's like obviously the product was a failure or at least a failure enough for Apple to stop selling it. But like if you look at the thing, it is so beautiful. It's so stunning. Like a perfectly uniform like mesh with beautiful curves and you know, like you can tell some people spent time making that thing. It wasn't just rushed out the door. And most of Apple's hardware, like the vast majority of Apple's hardware reflects that kind of sensibility. And most of it is really popular and really successful. And then you look on the services side and it's hard to like name any of Apple's content services that reach that feel that they're reaching that bar of excellence or in many cases, even trying to. It's like they they kind of work, but they don't, you know, they're not, an enjoyable experience they're they're middle of the road mediocre like it doesn't feel like you have like the the quote that came out of the johnny ive stuff is like the industrial design team are like the gods of apple and you know they're leading the way and 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 the engineering team have to like bend to their will to get these incredible designs out the door and then the services stuff kind of feels more like we've ticked the box we've done it okay let's move on and do something else like the 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 sensibility of the quality and the excellence that you see on the hardware side is not really reflected in their services output. And if they really want to be like deserving of the Apple brand, I feel like that has to improve a lot. And so far I haven't seen signs that that, that that's happening. That was kind of the gist of what, of what I wrote up, which I don't like. Can you use Apple music? Yes. Can you use the TV app? Yes. I wouldn't say they're like the best they can be or you get the feeling that, each part of them has been deeply considered and thought through and people are really striving every single year to make them better and better and better to make the like the customer experience as best as it can be versus meeting like a revenue goal or something like that. I, I like the I like the idea that it comes from the top and that um leadership hasn't empowered the t- the team working on these things day to day to to you know is if you're working on them, you know, then you you're doing the work but you don't get to make the decision necessarily about what work you're doing yeah it's a top-down yeah. problem like yeah yeah a- apple hardware like you know there's that quote from jobs from like 15 years ago it's like i set it up so that johnny ive is the most powerful company most powerful person in the company and what he says goes to a degree right and that that structure percolates through to the end products and you see incredible attention to detail in the hardware design and all of the hardware physical products that come out that come out of that company like they're just unrivaled Software is pretty good in the middle, and then you come to like the services side, like the, like the operating system is like separate. Like like the services stuff feels less of a, you know, a top down priority to like 
really push for customer satisfaction versus making more money, you know, in some cases or like uh, that's and that that reflects in what comes out at the end of the, uh, in in the end result and I hope that as they depend even more on these services for their the future of the company that they give it as just as much attention and care as they do, you know, their more traditional product lines. And that like you say it starts from the top. It's not it, you know, there, there can be great engineers and employees working below but if your job is to you know make this feature and tick the box and move on to some other kind of revenue optimization goal rather than you know making the app the best it can be then that's what you have to conform to happy hour this week is also brought to you by helix sleep are you sleeping on a saggy old mattress well you deserve better than that in fact you might be laying down on that mattress right now as you listen to this show if that's you if you're in need of a mattress upgrade that's where Helix can help. Just take the Helix Suite sleep quiz in two minutes and get instantly matched with a mattress that is perfect for you, tuned to your sleep preferences and body type. Helix knows that not everyone is the same, so they have several different models of mattress like super soft, medium, and firm. And there's even a version that is designed to cool you down if you sleep particularly hot. Now, I know, Zach, you've been sleeping on a Helix mattress for a long time now, right? So how'd you like it? Yeah, I have. Uh, I think the last time we did the ad spot, I, my mattress was in storage as I was in the middle of a, a move. Um, but it has been back for several weeks now. And, uh, what a relief to have my mattress back. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's one of those, it, that just reminds me that it's a really good investment in yourself and your health to have a mattress that, that not only, you know, is satisfactory, but that, that really makes you smile and you're happy about. And, um, you know, I took the, the, the quiz ended up with midnight as my uh, mattress preference and, you know, can't say enough good things about it. So I encourage everyone to do the same. Yep. So if you're looking for a mattress just like that, go on the website, take the Helix quiz, order the mattress that you're matched with, and it comes shipped to your door for free. You don't need to visit a physical store. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick in 2020 by GQ and Wide Magazine. So again, just go to helixsleep.com slash 9to5mac Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress to give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you can try it out for 100 nights for free. If you don't love it, they'll come back and pick it up for you too. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for happy hour listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash 95 now. That's spelled H-E-L-I-X-S-L-E-E-P dot com slash 95 mac Thanks to Helix Sleep for sponsoring the show. Right, next up, we've got uh, some stuff from Mark Gurman and his new les- newsletter for Bloomberg, which is that uh, AirPods 2, the second generation AirPods, are on track for this fall. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the redesigned stemless, more like power, or more like the the Beats uh, Fit Pro. headphones that we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Pro. Yeah, so on track for this fall. Okay, cool. And then that there could be change in the AirPods Max offering, not a successor, but new more, colors, baby, <laughs> new colors. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, that's fine. Okay, cool. Um, I think they need a not, price drop. I'm- yeah. Which is, which is what Mark says on the newsletter as well. And every, you know, it's five, five forty nine. It's, it's wildly different than, than anything else. I mean, the HomePod was 349, the big one, and they got rid of it. So, and then it went to 300. But 549 is is kind of kind of wild in Apple's price line up there. I, I I have them. I love mine. I've I've sold and then repurchased my AirPods Max because I just I really do like them. 
they're not perfect, you know, but, but they're really good. Uh, but, but, but even a hundred dollar price drop is more palatable. Yeah. $200 price drop is a lot more palatable. I think they should be $399. Yeah, they're, they're, they're hard to recommend for $549. You know, when when I, I kind of wrote a thing last year that was like, it's just sort of a long-term review of, of mine and just this feeling that I had about them that, you know, they're my go-to headphones for listening to music. And I use them for lots of other things as well because it's how easy they are to use and how good they sound. Um, but at 549, it, it's, I think the way I put it was like, you've, you've got to really just, you know, close your eyes and purchase because, and, and then never think about the price again, you know, but, but, but if they were $400, that that's a lot closer to just Apple products that are quality too. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I like, they can't just sit around for another, like they, they can add some colors, but the price needs to get a bit lower. Like even when they shipped, everyone said they're too expensive. Now it would be two, three years on. They're still too expensive, and the market is improving. Like the competitive market is improving. I think they have to get they have to get down in price if they if they want to still be competitive. Yeah, and there's opportunities for for you know what lossless audio quality and that sort of thing. The things that I I think about is um, that it, I guess it's more on just charging and and the, the fact that if they're dead dead and you use them with the wire, you you can't do that. They still they have, they have to have battery to be able to do that. So. Um, as frequently as I use them, I do keep them charged all the time as well. Like if I'm done using them, I'll just plug them in. Um, but a wireless solution would be better. And then certainly, you know, I, I would like it as well if, if the version, you know, if they're dead and you've got a wire to be able to use them, maybe, maybe even if that just means like having some unusable tappable battery reserve inside that just for that. But, um, you know, it, that, those are the kind of things that I think about, um, but then also I guess the auto quality. I mean, there's if if if, if they can pull off even through wired um, the kind of auto quality that at least checks the boxes for people who care about that, then that, that that's nice too. But it doesn't sound like they're actually working on a new model. They're just putting colors. No, yeah, but, you know, I think the reality is that they're going to do some new colors, sell those for a little while, and then discontinue them. But that's <laughs> the that is the way. But don't worry, <laughs> the music will and those. They'll scratch their head as to why we couldn't make this a hit. Why weren't these AirPods phenomena level products that we sold for five hundred and fifty dollars? Yeah. Or maybe somebody really wants them to exist, and it takes five fifty to to make offering them worth it for Apple. You know, because <laughs> that's that's kind of a thing. Is you know, well, that brings us to like you said, the music lives on. The discontinuation of the iPod. What do you think about that? So obviously, the nan and the shuffle would been axed a few years earlier so this really means the discontinuation of the ipod touch which is also you know faded into irrelevancy partly because of market conditions and the up you know the 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 upswell of smartphones and tablets in the last 10 years but also because apple like neglected it right like the 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 ipod touch they're discontinuing today or this week was released in 2019 and even in 2019 it didn't have like cutting edge specifications and it was still on like a four inch screen um like you know it was like apple helped to kill it off let's put it that way like yeah. it, obviously the ipod touch was never going to be at the sales peak that it was a decade ago or 15 years ago when ipods in general had a lot more relevancy but if they wanted to have a product in this light in in this segment they could have done more to make it more compelling right but they didn't want to, and that reflects the fact that not many people were buying them anyway, so they didn't really care. And 
you know, the output touch will now fade away before it even got any form of biometrics, like not face ID, not touch ID, nothing. It was the the home button product. So there you go. Like what? I I, I think we had a a happy hour probably around the beginning of this year because you'd written an article like the fate of the iPod Touch right on iPhone Mac. And yeah, my 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 pitch sort of was, will the iPod seventh generation be the last iPod? Because I was thinking about it, and I was like, if they never update this thing, then there are another iPods on the market. So this could be the final iPod. And I, yeah, five months later, yes, it's the final iPod. Yeah, and my take was like, you've either got to modernize it and update it in a big way, or you have to kill it off. And they've killed it off. So I'm not like mourning its loss. It's not like a, home, a big HomePod situation where I feel like it's necessary to the product lineup anymore. It has a lot of sentimental value, but I'm not freaking out about it. What about, what do you think? Um, let's see. So just the ending of the iPod brand is an iconic brand mm-hmm. that means a lot to music and Apple and people who care about those two things. Um, you know, that's, there's some sentimental value there, of course. But when I think about the end of the iPod, the iPod Classic going away in 2014 was like the biggest shift there because I think the reason Tim Cook gave was that they couldn't secure the components to make it, and it wasn't worth investing in a new way to make an iPod Classic. Um, you know, so okay. Uh, and then uh, later that year, or the next year, they do Apple Music, and the iPod Nano and Shuffle still exist. The iPod Touch, you know, is a thing, um, but they, and they didn't make it possible to sync music from Apple Music on a Mac or PC to. Uh, an iPod Nano or Shuffle. And so that kind of said, you know, well, people aren't buying music anymore. We're doing a streaming music service. Then those products are, you know, legacy basically. Um, and they they could have, they could have said, you know, the iPod Nano can sync Apple Music because the iPod Touch can sync Apple Music and you can take it offline for long, long periods of time. And I guess something happens to your music eventually if you don't connect back to the internet. But um, so, that, you know, that's that's a thing. And that so so th- those were the steps that were like okay the iPod is not just on the back burner but like it's going away you know that Apple doesn't care about it and then they did the update where they only changed the colors in the lineup I think to the iPod Nano and Shuffle but there were there was a new version so obviously that was you know the end of those and then they moved them from the Apple's uh, store tables to the shelves and they collected dust and eventually those just went away and the Touch was the only thing. Um, I did buy the the final model iPod Touch, uh, pink and blue, for my kids in 2019 when they were younger than they are now. Um, the 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 iPod Touches, they, I don't know, the kids the the kids liked them, uh, but eventually, the uh, like even the 329 iPad. I mean, it costs 130 bucks more, but I feel like it's 130 times better mm-hmm. uh, as as in terms of its capability and uh, man, so so. It's all sort of nostalgia, you know, for me and, and sentimental value. And, and yeah, I, I think mostly, I mean, um, so, so, so I'm glad that they didn't just let the thing, you know, sit on the shelves for forever and not mark the occasion. I'm glad that they did something to, to at least signify like, okay, this is the end. Um, because the iPod brand deserves that. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's, I think for me, the thing that makes me just a little, I don't know if like worries that are the right word, but for me growing up in sort of a low income family, when I was 17 is when I had my first Apple product and that was the iPod nano um, fourth generation or so. And it, I mean, I, I was really big into music. I had 
you know, the iterations of CD players and then MP3 players. And I certainly wasn't at that point, like buying music on iTunes or, you know, I think I would buy CDs and rip those, but you know, a lot of it was just acquiring music online as you know, was, was the thing then. And, and as a, you know, 17 year old with no money, that was like the only way. And I don't know. There was, there was, it was like, it meant something that, that there was this, I don't know how much it cost, maybe one, one fifty or so, but that I, I, I sort of had a understanding that that was the nicest object that I own was this like nicely constructed MP3 player mm-hmm. because functionally it really wasn't any different for me. I was uh, talking elsewhere this week about how the whole, like the iPod made it possible to, you know, like the, the legacy of the iPod sort of in the early days that it made um, and just, just how much better of an MP3 player it was. Cause it certainly wasn't the first way to put a thousand songs in your pocket, but it was just a better user experience overall as, as a 16, 17 year old, you got a really high tolerance for, you know, how to get music onto an MP3 player. So for me, the iPod didn't, none of that was important, but it, but I did certainly appreciate that it was a nicer object and the rounded glass, you know, and the way that it just looked like, I had, I valued it then. And, and that being the first entry into the Apple ecosystem, um, then meant something. And so I wonder if that's lost now and it, but it's just a different situation for my kids because whereas like, that was like the big gift of the year was, you know, that iPod nano, my kids are just, over, you know, they have, they don't have a, they have more than they can appreciate. And, and so it's different in this situation. But I, but I do wonder about just like a modern, you know, person in my situation that I wasn't then where, what, what will be the first entry into an Apple product? you know? Yeah. Cause, e- cause the minimum bar through iOS is three, three twenty nine iPad now. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the three twenty nine iPad is a great deal, but it's also $329 and it's big, right? Like if, yeah, not, not to say that Apple should be making iPods, you know, today, no. but, but like, it, I, it think, just, I, I think thing them thing. killing it off is fine, but you are right that some of that on-ramp that used to exist, whether it was like, even like the iPod Shuffle, you know, like that was like the first inkling into, into an Apple ecosystem for many people just because it was, you know, the most affordable. iPod and, Shuffle I have no nostalgia for and like no emotional attachment to. I, it's, the that, thing is that, now, that, though, <laughs> like Apple's penetration is so high. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the number of people that have Apple devices is, you know, millions upon millions upon millions times larger than it was in in you know the iPod Nano, iPod iPod Mini, iPod Touch, iPod that kind of heyday. So yeah. they don't really need the Angel devices anymore as much either because you already have an iPhone or your parents have an iPhone, and so then when they get a new one, you get the old one. Like that's that's what I think is like the new parallel for like kids and stuff is that whereas before you might have got an iPod Touch, now you get your you know, your parents' last iPhone, for instance, it's, uh, when you get to an appropriate age or they get their last iPhone and they just don't put a SIM card in it, so they use it like an Apple Touch anyway. Like, for better or for worse, that is the modern the modern status quo, which is why there isn't really a hole to be plugged anymore for the Apple Touch because yeah. if, you, if you are going to go out of your way to spend money on something, I think you should buy an iPad. Like, the base iPad's a lot better product. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, just in terms of, like, thinking about the iPod, everything is an iPod now. It, it's that is just that is a feature on so many different things, but everything is an iPod, so um, that's that's why we are where we are. Can, can we but, talk about the press release for a second? Because yes, yes, we can. Discontinuation 
is that like the news is the Apple Touch is no longer being sold. The title of the newsroom press release: "The music lives on." <laughs> <laughs> the the complete opposite language for the actual uh, story. Like, what are you yeah. that is? It's, the the sub the subtitle iPod Touch will be available while supplies last. Like that could have been the headline. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. But the music. They, 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 they kind of they kind of dressed it up a little bit. Yeah, and. They haven't done this for like when the iMac Pro or the HomePod disappeared. That they didn't get fanciful language like this. They just got yeah. a little while supplies last label stuck on the Apple Store and then it went away. But the point of the press release, like newsroom article, is that music is in there. You know, the core of the company, and just because yeah. we're no longer selling a product called iPod, doesn't mean we don't care about music anymore. And now you can enjoy music across, you know, our entire ecosystem through Apple Music and and whatnot. And they are you know doing stuff like the uh apple music classical service at some point this year as well so like they're not they're not getting out of music it's just the the hero music device is is no more yeah i said i said it elsewhere this week but uh the apple music voice plan is the iPod shuffle equivalent where it's it's cheaper but oh, you mean the buttonless shuffle yeah yeah well i mean even a shuffle with buttons is like even a shuffle with buttons to me was never appealing yeah but again, like if that's your first Apple product, or like that's because because what did the price go down to? Like wasn't it forty nine? You get forty nine iPod Shuffle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, although that might be hitting the threshold of like your first Apple product is kind of a bad experience in that case. Because for me, my interest in music was always greater than shuffling through songs. I'm pretty sure we had a shuffle actually, like in the family. I think, I think we had the iPod Shuffle before anything else. It might we might have had a second gen iPod Touch. It's, a, it's hard for me to remember, but it, it, I, I'm pretty sure we had an iPod Shuffle first in the in like the family. Then someone got a touch. Then I got the 2010 iMac. I think that was the progression. But yeah, so technically the Shuffle was my like first device. Although I didn't own it personally, it was like a family thing. But yeah, the, the, the quote in the press release where I think it's Greg Jaswiak saying um, uh, that you know music is integrated. In the iPhone, Apple Watch, and HomePod Mini, cross Mac, iPad, Apple TV, everything, and it just stood out to me the HomePod Mini part because everything there is a product family, but HomePod Mini has to be. You can't just say to, well, I guess they could have just said to HomePod, but again, drawing attention to, to the fact that Mini is miniature to what, and that you just said that to me because everything there is a product family, but HomePod Mini is a product, especially as that is like the music device now, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Is that from the Apple Watch? To HomePod Mini, not not HomePod. We don't care that much. Uh, they should make HomePod SE, and it's literally just the HomePod. I mean, if it was a bit cheaper, they definitely should. Yeah, uh, I think they're gonna. I think the HomePod name is gonna come back when they do that sandbar thing. Yeah, they they mentioned spatial audio in this press release as well as sort of a commitment to music. Um, I don't, I don't know. Spatial, spatial audio is a little bit like 3D for me, where I'm not, I'm not super sure about it. I don't know. Uh, I think it's fine. It's not like a, it's not like a must-have. But I do think it, I do think you get a slightly wider soundstage. Like it's not just like smoke and mirrors. And the difference between three, like three D, was like you had to wear these like big ugly glasses, and it could never really penetrate into the home because people didn't want to wear these glasses at home. Like when you went to a cinema, it was like an event thing. But when you're at home, you didn't want to do that stuff. And those, those exact problems going to come up with the with the AR VR stuff, right? But with spatial audio. You just need headphones, right? You just need headphones with some intelligence into them, and you can get 
a better sound, uh, you know, a more engrossing. Well, that's the goal, but I think a lot of the times it messes up a song. Well, that comes down to personal preference a bit, I think. Like, some people really like it, like (laughs) how it sounds. I kind of like how it sounds, so. Yeah. Hmm. And they're going to let you turn it off, I guess, is the... They're always going to let you turn it off and go back to stereo. And the spatial audio experience should continue to get better as artists get more used to it and more studios know how to like author that kind of music and stuff. So I, I don't think it's like a big um, black mark on, 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 on history and it'll probably continue uh, for a long time, unlike the 3D kind of wave and then that kind of petered off. Though, I guess the last thing I'll say is mm-hmm. the, I, I do have some nostalgia as well for the September music events, at least, at least whenever I was paying attention in the later years of the iPod, that's when they were. And you'd get a new version of iTunes and you'd get a new lineup of iPods. And the Nano was so fun because you look at the Nano lineup, like it just changed the design so drastically mm-hmm. from generation to generation. That's um, what I miss. Like, yeah, that pro- yeah. the iPod was like their playground every single year or, you know, at most every other year, they'd have a new iPod family. And it would, and it wouldn't just be like a new processor or a slightly tweaked design or some new colors. They like changed the industrial design, particularly of the iPad Nano. They must have had what seven versions in eight years or something <laughs> insane. Like, and, and it's not that any one version was better than the other because, you know, I don't know. I guess that's kind of a preference as well. But it, it's it's just they, they just played around, you know. <laughs> yep. Because and and part of it, I suppose, was you you weren't improving. I mean, you probably were improving the processor behind the scenes, but. But that what 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 can you change about a music player and and the design was what they could change you know and what a what a good marketing you know feature that to show off is this one looks this way because they they go back and forth too like you know, it wouldn't stick it wouldn't be the same thing every they they wouldn't like find one and be like okay we're never gonna let go of say having a larger display we're gonna shrink the display and make it multi touch now. Now we're gonna grow the display. Yeah, yeah, and it's gonna go from a fat nano back to the skinny thin one again. Like, just, right? Nearly they identical. Just to the they just wake up one day. Johnny Ive and Steve would and Steve Jobs would just like pick a design shape, and then they go off and build <laughs> that. And then the next year they'd do something else. It was like that kind of like fr- fr- frivolity, I guess, or just spontaneity. It doesn't really have a place in the in the product lineup anymore because yeah, you just can't do it. <laughs> and like, mo- mo- like the the modern products. They're basically all just screens, and you can't really do much so, else, you know. Like at this, I think they should. Use, I think they should use the watch platform as that playground. Like, if, especially you know, we'll talk about it more in a moment. But especially as as competitors, competitors can do that now. You know? mm-hmm. Maybe Apple's, they can be Apple's, a bit more uh, adventurous. At least, yeah. And, like they can have the core Apple Watch, right? And there should always be a flagship Apple. Yeah, there should always be a flagship Apple Watch that that is an Apple Watch iconic shape. But the, you know they. Don't don't worry don't, don't worry so much about your money, Apple. You know, have some fun. Make make some fun things. Well, we know Apple's lost its soul, so that's never good. Yeah. Well, I hope they find it. <laughs> the soul will live on. The music will live on. Finally, this week, Happy Hour is brought to you by NetSuite. The CFOs that get it get it, and the CFOs that don't don't. Let's talk about that CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. Today's CFO is critical to the strategy and success of the business, and in growing companies. There are two kinds. The one type of CEO who is struggling to keep up. Spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes, error and errors and lack of visibility into the numbers. It can take weeks for them to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game with automated reports, inventory, e-commerce and HR flows that go seamlessly into the financial models with insights coming with the click of a button. Be like that other kind of CFO by using 
NetSuite. Sign up at netsuite.com slash happy hour. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, planning, human resources and budgeting, NetSuite is everything you need to grow your business all in one place. You can automate your processes and close your books in no time at all, staying ahead of your competition. In fact, 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. The rich, widespread NetSuite platform helps formulate insights as you grow. You can model what-if scenarios and generate forecasts in a pinch. Over 29,000 businesses already use NetSuite. So head to netsuite.com slash happy hour for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash happy hour, spelled N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash happy hour. netsuite.com slash happy hour. Thanks to NetSuite for sponsoring the show. All right, next up we have Ming-Chi Kuo who says that the iPhone 15 will switch to USB-C. And if that's wrong, then I will never trust Ming-Chi Kuo again. That is too big of a claim to just dangle out there and then take away at the last minute. So I, I will say my... That's my analysis. My allegiance... Well, the iPhone 15 is the next year model, right? It's not this year. Correct. Yeah. yeah. The My allegiance to Quo, I've defended him a lot. As he's moved to <laughs> a Twitter analyst... Uh-huh. Uh, my he's also got a blog. Is, is, is fading. <laughs> he has a he he has a blog. I think I forget what 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 platform he used. It was Medium. It was on Medium. Was thinking, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, isn't everyone on Substack now? But <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So so you're not. We, we're not saying now. This is this is this is quote. Well, I, I, I don't take line. Quo's word as quite the same pedigree that i once did unfortunately you, you I mean, think maybe, that there's less on the line when when it's said on on a medium blog post or twitter than than if it's a company document for tfi securities or or, or kgi at the time plus he, yeah. he he seems just a lot more freewheeling freewheeling to say stuff that gotcha. i guess can just like fade away if it doesn't defend yourself quo come on the show <laughs> he follows a lot of nine to five mac authors not me and and part of that is just to pulled back twitter presence you know sometimes but you know he's he's <laughs> he's coming out of the the, the mysterious mysterious wherever he has been and uh so, so yeah, yeah like quo used to be like the gold standard now he's slipping slightly i mean maybe all of his twitter leaks will come true and then we'll never lose faith again but at least from january 2022 onwards i've started to you know put him more at arm's length just because he tweets all sorts of wild stuff, many of which seems like personal speculation rather than well-sourced. But he, at least for this instance, he says, my latest survey indicates that the 2023 new iPhones will abandon the lightning port and switch to USB-C. Assuming that's true, I think it's, I think it has to happen. Like, I don't think Apple can ride out the wave until they can get to a truly portless future. It just seems too impractical. I, I Like, if... If they were going to do a portless phone, they could probably only do it on like one high-end model was like an option. I don't think it could become the standard. Wireless charging is still not it's still not ubiquitous enough uh, ubiquitous enough to make it happen. And you want to do like transferring of data and like all of this stuff. Like you need a port. Like all, all, all the things they show in marketing videos, like. You know, making your next cinematic film on your iPhone, or you know, taking, you know, doing photography, or all the, like all that stuff. It needs data connections. It needs power. You need a port to do it, and 
I don't think we can wait out another five years of it that it'll take for wireless charging and wireless connectivity to really catch up. Uh, they're just going to have to bite the bullet and, and make the switch. And at least now, this time, when they are changing the port on the phone, they are moving to like an industry standard rather than another proprietary connector. Yeah, Lightning's 10 years old at least now. It was a huge improvement to 30 pounds. Well, yeah, it is actually 10 years old because it was the 2012 iPhone 5, yeah. Right, right. And so a huge improvement to 30 pin, way better than micro USB mm-hmm. or mini USB or even USB-A. It was necessary to make the phone iPhone 5 as soon as it was. USB-C is, you know, larger by a little bit, but it's got a lot of the same benefits in terms of being, you know, you can plug it in either way. There's no correct way to plug it in. This is wonderful. USB-C is beaten lightning in terms of like data transfer speeds. I, you know, I, I think it's really possible that Apple could continue investing in Lightning and keep up with USB-C if they wanted to. But maybe that's part of it is that because USB-C is here, they were a part of it. They do support it on the iPad and the Mac. Then why not just put that on the iPhone? The time for this change has already come because they've brought ProRes video capture to the iPhone and limited it to where you have to have what a 256 gigabyte iphone Mm -hmm. not even a 128 to capture 4k prores and getting those files off is difficult i mean if you fill up a one terabyte iphone with video it's kind of a bag of hurt to get those video files off over a wire and work yeah yeah lightning on the iphone is usb 2 speeds it's not usb 3 speeds it's right and there's no reason apple couldn't improve lightning they just haven't well like on the ipad they had usb 3 lightning for a while yeah, it just never came to the phone. <laughs> yeah, and now they've moved and the it, iPads to USB C, obviously. So. Yeah, and not yeah, not just the Pro iPads, but the iPad Air and Mini. I mean, the only what the three twenty nine one is still on Lightning, but that seems like yeah. it will change. Yeah, if the iPhone changes, then that then I, can, I can imagine that changing. Um, and you know, this is something I've I think they should have done a while ago. Mm-hmm. Jeez, but. But but you know it's not this year's phone; it's next year's phone, and who knows if Quo is going to be right or not? Like lot, they've, lot, they've been so slow to changing the like the port on the charger, changing the cable that comes with the phone. Like they've always been like two steps behind. So then when they uh, did stop including accessories altogether, it then put people in a, in a in a bind of not having enough USB C stuff to plug into the USB C chargers that still come with all their other devices and that you need for fast charging speeds. Uh, and now, assuming this is correct, next year they're going to drop Lightning in favor USB C. When you like, it is a mess. But if you look on the horizon, I don't think they can r- truly go portless. And for like the main model, it would have to be some like esoteric side model that people might not necessarily buy, and it would be limited in various ways. So they still, I think they just have to brunt it, change the port, and make a few people mad and just do it. And most people should, fingers crossed, be happy because it's you know going to be way faster in terms of charging speed, and it's a non-proprietary connector. Uh, but I mean, anytime they change the port, people are going to be annoyed about it. But that means they they can't never not do it. I think is the, is the truth. When I'm looking for a USB-C cable to pair with a brick, it's like my MacBook charger. 
and I've got all these. I'm looking at them in my boxes, and oh, there's USB C. Oh, it's got lightning on the other end of it. Never mind. Like it's such a disappointment. So, the, so there will be just such relief if if it all goes to the same cable um, on both ends. Right? To me, to me, the argument really is in data speeds and transfer, and just how you know. I guess a separate. You know, they could you could argue will improve lightning, but you know, they they haven't. So, oh well. Um, yeah. If if the choice we'll, we'll, is improve light, like spend engineering resources improving lightning, or just adopt the standard that's on every other product and then every other product in the industry, yeah, feels like a one sided argument. You know, I agree, and one that Tim Cook would be in favor of. Right? It's, you know, let's take the the the, the cheaper one here. Um, Google I/O that happened this week. It was truly in person. <laughs> in, in terms of having <laughs> a, a live stream where it was. Not in person in that people were there in person, persons were in, it was outside. Um, but it was also a keynote that was happening in real time, streamed over the internet, not just a video that was playing in front of a live audience. So that's as in person as I can, can, can think of. I'd, um, I'd argue it's more in person than what Apple's going to do. I'd give you that. All right. Apple's, yep. Apple's is in person, but on the scale of zero to one, Apple's at like 0.2 and Google's at like. 0.7 you know <laughs> yeah now if you actually went in person would you have been satisfied well i guess they had some hardware to show so that that would that, that would be fun to see but um i don't know I, I, you know look, check out 905 google for all the things that that came came there but yeah um, i didn't pay super close attention to everything they did i was mainly just tuning in because i wanted to see their smartwatch efforts because it's been rumored for a while it leaked like the hardware leaked in like april and then sure enough yeah they didn't well they actually announced they announced the the cheaper Pixel 6a, which is like their iPhone SE compare. Uh, they previewed the Pixel 7, which isn't coming out for another six months, i.e. the end of the year. They previewed a Pixel tablet that isn't coming out until some point in next year. And mm-hmm. their preview was like three second shots that kind of look like an iPad 7 design, you know, with those like edges. Um, but it's obviously going to be like an iPad Air pedigree competitor but extremely late i mean by the time it comes out apple could have another generation of ipad released well uh, and their big the big thing there is their commitment to tablet software which has not been present yeah so they're gonna try again yeah that's fair and and they're kind of like they said basically we're gonna give you a sneak a sneak peek of the of the tablet even though it's not coming next year we want to like hype up developers for the tablet in uis and, and adoption i <laughs> But then what was most interesting to me was they gave a preview of the Pixel Watch, which is coming out later this year. They didn't announce pricing. They didn't announce a lot of details. uh, But they showed off the design. They said it's going to integrate Fitbit and stuff, and it will do notifications and things. Which Google bought Fitbit. And Google bought Fitbit, yeah. Uh, Yeah, but we don't know how much it's going to cost. The screen is 40 millimeters, um, which is the, like, it's it's a circular face, so 40 millimeters diameter on the apple watch the height of the small watch is 41 millimeters these days on a series 7 so it basically it's the it's the small apple watch form factor in terms of screen size but if you ignore the fact that the software is probably going to be bad the battery life probably won't be great it won't have the app store or the ecosystem support the apple watch does all that just ignore all that for a second i think the hardware looks pretty cool it's just a nice plain circle not yeah. you know no adornments you've got a crown on the right hand side you've got a nice like pearly watch face they they do the stupid bezel hiding trick because the bezels are definitely a lot thicker than what you see on like an Apple series 7 
Uh, it's just in a circular shape, but I think it looks pretty cool. And we are, what, seven years into the Apple Watch? In terms of usability, practicality, I think a square watch face is preferred in terms of how you can see content and you don't have like paragraphs clipped off constantly. That being said, I still think we see in the real world loads of people who would be like, I'd be more happy with an Apple Watch or I would buy an Apple Watch for the first time if it was circular. Like the fashion aspect of it being a circular face is huge. And if the Pixel Watch is made by Apple with like watchOS software, I think it would be very compelling for a lot of people. And you don't have to wait for the Pixel Watch. I mean, Samsung, they're... Galaxy, well, I guess there's, they call it Galaxy Watch 4. No, it's based on Galaxy and 4, or Watch and 4. It's uh, a circular watch face. Not, not quite as polished, I guess, as this is. I don't think it looks but, as pretty, no. Yeah, that's what it's missing is the polish, but I mean, that's Samsung for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say there's there's no reason Apple couldn't have, like, you know, going back to the Apple discussion, use the, use the watch as the playground for design. See what people, <laughs> you know, you might be surprised. There's, there's lots of times where Apple thinks that they're going to sell more of a certain phone than they do, and they're surprised by the, the market reaction. And I think they could do a circular watch as like a lower-end model. Like They could market it that way if they wanted to. It could be like a, a, a true sportier model. Maybe it even does less functionality than like the big Apple Watches, um, and it's more just aimed at you know notifications and fitness tracking, closer to like a fitness band kind of situation. You would get the... You would get the circular watch face forms without the corner complications. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's what it would be. And, and, and like, the, the areas where having a square face versus a circular face really matter is, like, messaging and email and that kind of stuff. And those those tasks are definitely less important to most people that are using a watch. Like, it is 100% true that a square face is better than a circular face for reading your email. How many times have I actually read my email on my Apple Watch? Very, 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 very few. I think I'd probably, if Apple offered a circular option, I'd probably still pick Square. I like the Apple Watch design. I wish they'd like mix it up a little bit. Um, but I don't mind the Square, the Square screen. But I think a circular Apple Watch would be very compelling to a lot of people out there in the, in the real world. Yep. Yeah. He's... But not 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 gonna. They're not gonna gonna happen. happen. (laughs) This year in the Apple Watch, we are gonna get a new design in the form of the Explorer, like rugged version. Hopefully, but I don't think that's gonna be like a a strike of elegance. It's gonna be like you know rubberized and prepared for the elements. (laughs) So yeah, hopefully we're not disappointed this year in terms of just you know something more interesting, you know, different. Well, all right. That is the Happy Hour podcast for this week. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, you can uh, subscribe in Apple Podcasts. Have the ad free version for four ninety nine per month or forty nine ninety nine per year. Get two months free that way. Uh, we appreciate everybody who who uh, subscribes and listens weekly. If you're new to the show, welcome. Um, if you have any feedback at the show, you can email Benjamin and I together at Happy Hour at nine to five Mac dot com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Apollo Zach. Benjamin, you're on Twitter at BZA Mayo. And we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.